This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by Sports and Ortho Physical Therapy. Dahlia Fami, owner of Sports and Ortho Therapy, is here today. And we kind of wanted to talk to her about her rehab for uh, city employees, especially with their aggressive rehab program that allows injured members, even with catastrophic injuries, to return to duty within a five-month period. And for anybody who works for the city, uh, that time frame is really important because um, if we're off for uh, more than six months, you could potentially lose your spot. You lose your place in your firehouse, you lose your spot, and uh, most of us want to get back to work as soon as possible. What, uh, what do you guys do over there? What, what's so aggressive about your training over there, Dahlia? Well, you know, we have a saying that our therapy is not like your grandma's clinic. So we definitely, from day one, I mean, we know what it takes to get the members back to work. We've got the equipment to get them back to work. We've got the training to get them back to work. Uh, we've been working with the fire department and police department for 17 years. Uh, you know, I, I consider myself an honorary CFD member <laughs> with all the people that I've treated. Um, so we're just very aggressive from day one, knowing exactly what they need to do to get back. Yeah, I noticed uh, you guys are big on one-on-one time over there. What do you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. So every uh, patient of ours gets 45 minutes of hands-on time, whatever that looks like, manual therapy, basically. So where we're just moving their bodies with their hands. And then they get another like 45 minutes to 90 minutes of exercise in our gym because that's what they need to get back. We're not going to have them in the clinic for like 30 minutes and say, okay, get out of here. We, we want them working hard. That's better than gym membership, Vince. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know for a fact that you go to any one of these um, franchise or commercial uh, rehab centers, you're not going to get one-on-one therapy and you'd be lucky to get 45 minutes with the actual therapist that you're working with. Yeah, absolutely. I think that sets us apart. So um, another thing that I thought was super interesting is uh, you guys really focus on kinetic chain biomechanics over there. Yeah, so that basically means we look at a person from head to toe. We recognize that, you know, the body doesn't work in isolation. So you can't come in for a shoulder problem and the therapist only looks at your shoulder. You've got to look at the whole body as um, a kinetic chain. So that's what... um, you know, we do at our clinic. We're fellowship trained in kinetic chain biomechanics. We're the only clinic in Chicago that's soon to have nine fellows, which is a pretty big deal. Wow. Yeah. So we spend a lot of money training our therapists to be the best. So sports and ortho physical therapy, Dahlia has been taking care of our guys for 17 years. Uh, you can check them out at sportsandortho.net. Thanks, Dahlia. Thank you, guys. Truck two, truck ten, ambulance eighty two, battalion two, fire ten twenty north main. Help is on the way. Uh, welcome to Chicago's bravest stories. On the phone with us are two paramedics from FDNY, uh, Julie and Pete. How are you guys? Good. How are you? We're good. We're good. Um, We kind of, you and I kind of got started chatting uh, the other day and we were kind of exchanging paramedic stuff and you guys kind of reached out because you guys uh, have a podcast too called Rush the Bus, right? Yes. And both of you are, both of you are partners? Yeah, Yeah. we're partners. We've been together for like two years and some change. Right? Yeah, it's a little like over two years, I think. Yeah. It only seems like 10. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, <laughs> all kinds of run mix runs together. Uh, and uh, how long, like, let's start with Julie. Julie, how long you've been a paramedic? Um, I've been a paramedic for 12 years, and I've been an EMT for 16 years. Oh, man. And uh, what about you, Pete? Um, so I've been, I've been an EMT for 20 years. And then I became a medic in 2008. So it's like eight, eight, nine years now. Okay. No, that's 12 what? years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like the down, like the, I'm like, I know. what are you going to do? You're supposed to take <laughs> your real time and add yeah. one. Is that the formula, Corey? Oh, <laughs> like the, the 22 year vet. You know what I'm right? I, like, like a true, like a true married couple, you two. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, where about in New York do you guys work? 
We work in Brooklyn. Um, in Fed Sky is the station we come out of. And yeah, pretty much North Brooklyn. Yep. So we cover Williamsburg, Bushwick, um, formerly known as East Williamsburg. It's the more <laughs> fancy name for it. Bedford Stuyvesant. So at night, we could pretty much go anywhere within that area. They shut down a bunch of medic units. Yeah. So we pretty much well, we also, you can go anywhere in the city. Yeah, so. like we get down to Crown Heights and East New York. I mean, there's a lot of places that we can go. So you guys have a, a pretty big response area that you can you guys can go anywhere? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so. I mean, the way it, it is is like, you know, when you you're, you know, you get your first do calls I guess in your area, but um, sometimes there's a medic unit further south that is on a job already. And, you know, cardiac or whatever comes in in their area. So we'll be pulled back down that way. And actually, like, during COVID, we were getting pulled everywhere. I mean, we'd be in our area in Brooklyn and get a job, like, near JFK Airport, which is, like, on Monday. It's, it's like, a 40-minute drive, yeah. you know. So um, we were just – I mean, there was no traffic during COVID, so it was a little yeah. easier. But, um, yeah, we were everywhere. Like, you could get a job in Manhattan – like there's five boroughs, and usually you stay in your borough at least. But uh, it was like people were getting pulled all over the city just to kind of backfill. Yeah. How many um, ambulances does New York have? Uh, <laughs> Let me look that up. Yeah, it's a couple hundred. Uh, but pretty much but out, yeah. out by you guys, um, boroughs are boroughs are really their own city, right? Or yeah, pretty okay. much. Yeah. I mean. Most people, when they think of, like, New York City, kind of think of Manhattan, you know, like the high-rises and business center everything. But the outer boroughs, which are, like, Brooklyn, the Bronx, Queens, and Staten Island, which Staten Island is sort of like New Jersey. <laughs> um, we work in Brooklyn. I live in Queens. And, like, yeah, they're kind of, they have their own situation going on. And actually, like, the boroughs kind of have ambulances on par with, like, what some other small big cities sort of have like i think our station runs 10 ambulances alone. no we run more we had 10 we're up to 12 okay yeah because so, yeah, they, they added have... two more units because we used to do eight hour shifts and then we were a pilot station for 12 hours and then after covid they put everybody on 12 hour shifts and then they added two extra units to our station so okay. now we actually have more units than we used to have so so, I mean, 12 ambulances running out of one neighborhood, like, essentially. That's, like, our one station. Yeah. And it's not like there's any of us really sitting around all day. Like, we're we're still doing work. So, um, you know, and our closest station to us is only, like, four miles away or three miles yeah, away. Exactly. So, you know, there's, and they have their own, like, maybe, I don't know how many they run, but they probably run about, like, six ambulances or something. And that's, you know, so that's a total of like 18 ambulances just in like a 10 mile radius, but we all keep pretty steady. So, so you guys originally went from eight hour shifts to 12. Are you guys staying on a 12 hour um, shift schedule? If God I, loves us. I hope so. I know. <laughs> I don't want to go back to eight, bro. Me neither. <laughs> My fingers are crossed. Yeah. Uh, so with working 12s, so now what's your off schedule? So we work two on, two off, three on, two off, and every other weekend. Where the eight-hour shift was five, five, two, five, three. And it would take, like, I think, like, three months to work up to, like, a weekend off. Yeah, so, you know, if you basically <laughs> yeah. had, like, normal friends who worked in a non-EMS or non-civil service capacity, and they were like, hey, we're going to have, you know, so-and-so's birthday party, and you're like, yeah, I'm not off for three months, so yeah. cool. Um but we've been doing, like, Pete and I have, you know, the pilot program at our station was in effect for a couple of years now. So we've been on 12, you know, together for a long time. Um, and then they just kind of, because of COVID, they had to put 12 into effect for the entire service. But I really do hope that we stick with this. Because for anywhere. me, yeah, having every other weekend off is like a luxury. And also, like, I mean... I share custody of my son with my ex-husband. So if I had, if I didn't have every other weekend off, it would be kind of like a custodial nightmare. So like I'd have to probably switch um, 
do something else. I'd go up to the academy, maybe and teach instead of working on an ambulance. Like I couldn't maintain working on an ambulance, huh. you know? Yeah. Oh, I found the numbers. It's a thousand and twenty citywide. Good a, God. A thousand ambulances? Yeah, yeah <laughs> like thousand and twenty. So it's broken down so the AOS municipal and these numbers are different now. Oh, you guys so, have a BLS program too, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. These are old numbers, but I'm so municipal ALS right now is 235, and that's in a 24-hour period. But ALS municipal is 235. Voluntary was like the private hospital for a 24-hour period. They were at 138. BLS is 431, and that's municipal. And then the volunteer, the voluntaries again, is 216. So that's a lot of rigs. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. so I mean, is... but, but here's the thing: is like you guys have we're talking. To one of the guys, Ed, he's on Ambulance Seven Seven. I'm like, your hospital oh, Ed Joseph? times are amazing. Yeah. Oh my God, you guys are friends with Ed Joseph, huh? the Ed Joseph. Yeah. He's, a, he's a funny guy. Oh, he's he's, a, he's, funny hilarious. Guy. he's hilarious. <laughs> so, you know, like you guys can walk in. I'm like, oh yeah, to go in. Like you guys can put him in a waiting room. Everybody gets a bed in your city. I don't know why. Wow. But they love giving people beds, and we don't have wheelchairs either. So we we're yeah. we we're just in Detroit. And they had like a ton of wheelchairs. I'm like, what are these? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So well, we definitely take folks who don't no really way. even require an emergency room. I mean, like we all have those jobs like, yeah. where someone's like, yeah, my stomach's been hurting for three days and like now it's 2 a.m. and I have to go to the hospital. Um, that person probably should just go into an urgent care or whatever, but we the bring room. them in. They don't the waiting room. Waiting. They don't do that though. They do. It depends. It depends on the hospital. There's a few that will, but like for the most part, everybody goes through the regular triage. So, you know, and, and our triage system in New York city is not really, um, perfected that well. It's, it's sort of like, I've definitely stood online behind like three drunk people when my person has chest pain. And I finally have to say like, Hey, um, I see that you have these patients, but like my patient actually is a patient. Like, can we get to this guy? And they're like, well, you have to wait. I'm writing the paperwork for this one. It's like, well, no, I don't have to wait. That's what, you know, like <laughs> this guy actually has a medical problem. Yeah. You know, so um, we are, we are at the hospital, like for an excessive amount of time, like unnecessarily. Yeah. So it kind of keeps units out of service a long time. So, you know, that, that's something if it was sick. I don't know. Maybe we wouldn't need as many ambulances because we'd be getting to calls more. Efficiently. Yeah. Yeah, you might you might have to scale down to a measly five hundred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. So. Yeah, so we're what? in Detroit, you know, like the guys in Detroit, like they they only run twenty four units, you know, and then you guys run like what eighty units? Yeah. Like, you know. That's I can't believe you guys responded all the way out to Detroit. So while I'm <laughs> while I'm looking this while I'm looking at the at the breakdown, just just so people can kind of get an idea, yeah. uh, the city of Chicago, um, it's roughly uh, we'll look at roughly two million six hundred. I think you can go people. three. Let's, yeah. let's say okay. three. Right, right at three million people. Um, yeah. See, New York is. About about eight million. So, um, just uh, just in terms of population wise, and again, that's that's broken down between um, between what would you guys say the five, how many boroughs? Five, five boroughs. Five yeah, boroughs. five boroughs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but yeah. but size wise, let's see. Size wise, we're looking at uh, New York's uh, four hundred seventy square miles, and Chicago yeah. is sorry, very uh. Very deep pause oh, here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's deep we've in got, thought. We've got 234 square miles. 234 oh, wow. square miles. Maybe okay. about maybe about half the size and third of the population. Right? <laughs> yeah, but you guys get like your people know how to shoot over there. Like ours, like they're just starting to learn how to shoot again. So because we used to have to like run around and like people, you know, shot victims, and now it's, they just fall in your lap. The phrasing you know? of learning to shoot is very funny. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, like we think it like because my kid's mom, she works in Newark, and you know they get shootings all the time. I'm like yeah, okay. like they, they shoot people like randomly in the daylight, like seven, eight times. And I'm like, yeah, I had a shot last night. She's like, oh, where they get shot? I'm like, in the arm stick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's it. 
I know. We had a, oh, I wow. had someone, a girl who came in as a shot. I don't know if I was with you, Pete. She might have been out, but we got there and the girl was like on the floor. Everybody's screaming. It's like the middle of the daytime. Everybody's like freaking out. And we get her in the ambulance and I'm like, she's not bleeding anywhere. Oh, no, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, she's got her ass where are you shot? And she's like, I don't know. I think I got shot on my butt. And I'm like, I take her clothes off and I'm like, saw a little burn. And I'm like, okay, you didn't get shot. You know, and she's like, I didn't get shot. And I'm like, no, you didn't get shot. I mean, you're lucky you didn't get shot, but you didn't. You know, like, you got burned by the gunpowder. But, like, the guy was right next to her and still managed to miss. You know, like, that's, I mean, it was the middle of the day. That, that's yeah. about what we're looking at over here. <laughs> so, so I find it interesting. So you guys, breaking down your guys' station, um, so are you guys, is it, a purely is your station all ambulances yeah yeah we don't okay. have any um fire apparatus or yeah anything. okay nope. we yeah. have the same patch but we're two different departments so oh really yeah. so the and we run so we run double medic units and we run double bls units so and the, the emts go to certain kind of jobs they go to like injuries like motor vehicle accidents fall victims they do strokes uh but that that's all that that all is determined by dispatch, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yep. So, yeah. and the, there's like a BLS house and an ALS house for the medics. No, we're, we all come out of the same place. We just have certain BLS units, and then we have ALS units. So in New York City, our units are broken up between Alpha and Mike are all BLS. So you'll have like, out of our station, we have like 2-8 Adam, we have 2-8 Boy, and the first two numbers, which is 2-8, lines up with the fire, the 28 fire battalion. So, and then our unit, we're 28 Victor, so we sit within a 28 fire battalion, and then Victor tells you that's an ALS unit. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so that's how you know, and then you have um, Victor, Young, um, then R, which is rescue, if they're paramedics, and then it's zebra, which is a hazpack unit, which is a whole other confusing thing. So, but that's that's how you tell which units are which. Interesting. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was surprised when I went to Chicago. I, like I went there last year, and I went to um, like I was looking for an EMS station, and I was like, oh, this this is a firehouse, and I was kind of surprised when I went in. I was like, well, here's you know, fire engine and on, you know, on the internet, it says this is an ambulance station. So when I got there, they were like, Oh no, an ambulance does run out of here, but they're not here right now. It was ambulance six. And, um, it was like the Ridley field station. And, and I was like surprised that, um, EMS, you know, sure, and fire was so, yeah. And that actually ALS engines exist because that's, nothing like new york you yeah, know new have, york we have has, ALS um, trucks we have ALS engines yeah, yeah. It, when we talked earlier you guys were completely taken back by the fact that we're we quarter in the same firehouse and you yeah. guys like each other too i know i know I mean, I mean <laughs> well i well. you know and, and that that has a lot to say about the fact that we do live in the same firehouse you know it yeah um, yeah. I think your division there has to do with because you guys aren't together. So, you know, you're already separated and, you know, I, I can see how that could be a problem. Well, and, and kind of going back to that division, do you guys, um, what what calls do you guys see suppression units on? Okay. So come on priority one, one through three, right? Like, yeah. They come. They come on a lot of our ALS jobs. Honestly, they come on disc breathers and cardiac arrest. They so they, all right. So shooting. they would come on. So for us, they would come on cardiac, respiratory arrest, choking, anaphylaxis, drowning, jumper down, multiple seizures, an unconscious, unconscious fever rash, a burn major, somebody got electrocuted. And that's it. Traumatic calls, maybe, and, too? Yeah. Or? Right. I'll, I'll yeah, trauma, like like trauma, like MD, yeah, like a yeah. trauma, like an MBA or whatever, they'll come yeah. on. Um, sure. And I will say, like, for the most part, even though we don't quarter together and even though our jobs are pretty separate, like, 
most of the engine companies, because that's who responds to these calls with us, their first responders, um, most of them in our area know us and we know them, you know, at least by face or whatever. And like, we have a pretty good rapport with them. Um, and there's some of them who will like, especially if a patient, even if it's unconscious and it's just like a drunk guy sleeping, if the guy seems a little, uh, violent or whatever, you know, our, the firefighters will kind of like stick around like, Hey, you guys want us to hang out? You know, like they're, they're usually pretty good. There's a few that like don't want to do this. You know, you can tell they don't want to be first responders and they find it really annoying that they have to like bother with this. Um, and for those guys, like sometimes they don't even come in. They're even get out of the truck. Yeah. Like there's certain times like they won't even come out like in the middle of the night. So, you know. Yeah. And that has caused some issues because we did have a job a couple of years ago where it came in. It was like very little text. It was like man on fire. So it came in as like a major burn. And we pull up behind the engine. It's like a snowy night. It's like three in the morning. Yeah, it said it was like in the the middle of the intersection. And And there's no footprints or anything. But as soon as, yeah, they they see us and they just pulled away. Like they were like, all right, you know, ALS is here. Who cares? Goodbye. And when we actually got out of the truck, we could smell that something was on fire. You know, it smelled like a dryer fire. And so you knew something was on fire, but you just couldn't find it where it was. So the police showed up, and now Pete and I and the police officers are walking around going door to door. And, um, you know, we finally, one of the officers is like, I see something in this, like, kind of weird garage thing. And Pete ends up, like, scaling this, like, nine-foot wall. Um, And now he's locked inside because there's no way to get out from the inside either. And there's a man in there on fire. Like, and so he's, like, smoldering, I guess. Still, and we had to call the fire back. And at this point, yeah. we had already called our boss, like our lieutenant, and we had called another BLS unit just because we were like, "Hey, something's going on here. Like, want to come and help us out?" You know. And uh, anyway, like the firefighters, I think, were pretty embarrassed when they came back. What, so the officer actually gave me his tool to force the door out, and they, they don't do that. So <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, it was. That's like know, the key thing. Like you know, you don't give up your tool, and he actually yeah. gave me his tool to force the door. So. I mean, and the guy was in bad shape. Like he, he ended bad. up, I think, losing both legs. Like he yeah. survived, but he was like third and secondary burns all over yeah. his entire body. Yeah, talking, he was talking the whole time. It I'll tell you, yeah, it, was it takes really a bigger crazy. man. I try and give Vince my tool whenever <laughs> at all possible. <laughs> <laughs> and it, sometimes, sometimes it gets some weird looks. Right. Sometimes it gets right. some that, groans. But he—that's where the restraining order came from. <laughs> So with so with you guys, um, I mean, it definitely sounds like we kind of respond similarly, wouldn't you say, Vince? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we. I, I've never been more grateful for the guys, you know, the suppression companies that we work with. After hearing how New York, you know, runs, right? Uh, I, it would be a very different twenty four hours for me if I didn't have the really good guys around me on the suppression companies. And, you know, a, a good chunk of the runs that we show up on, we have um, those guys showing up ahead of us, an uh, ALS unit. And like I was explaining to these guys uh, from New York that um, most of the guys on the busy companies and when you get to a suppression unit, you know, the goal is to be on a busy company. And out by us, most of the medics on these ALS companies were guys who had crossed over and who have yeah. come from the busy ambulances, and now they're on the yeah. busy suppression unit. So uh, I'm really grateful for how our structure works, and you know, uh, we're all like comparatively speaking, really good friends with you know our suppression unit. Yeah. Are um, yeah. so are you? Has do people ever make jumps between the two departments then with you guys? Or? Yeah. yeah. So you they don't come, come back. <laughs> no, you can't come back. back. <laughs> They yeah. jump ahead to fire. So, so you oh, yeah. can get there's two separate lists. So you have a you have the open competitive, and then you have what they call promotional list. So if you get hired from the promotional, you're on like a secret inside list. So you get like first dibs on going to the fire academy. So how do you get on? You have no idea how you get on that list, though. Oh no, you you, you have to be an EMT yeah. or a medic. Oh, it's your it's 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 their crossover. Oh, okay. from us. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's an internal list. Yeah. But um, unfortunately, once you leave CMS, that's you it. Like, forget you, all your friends. 
Well, no, but I mean, like, you're not, you basically <laughs> you might be a first responder when you get over there for yeah. a limited time or whatever, but you're not utilizing those skills. Like, if yeah. you were a medic, that goes yeah. away. So you might want to be a medic, you know, per diem somewhere at like a private hospital or if you live out in the suburbs, like maybe you do it out there. So they could essentially be a medic working per diem for a hospital for the rest of their career and getting paid a medic salary on the side, but it has nothing to do with us. Our job, like the fire department doesn't benefit in any way from that. So I don't really know why they allow them to keep doing that. But And plus there's more medics medics and EMTs on the fire side than on the EMS side. Yeah. You know, and, and which is amazing considering you guys have a thousand mm-hmm. ambulances. Um, so, yeah. and, and I guess that's why I was kind of wondering, like going back to, um, to the suppression sides, uh, EMS involvement, like, do you guys ever run out of ambulances for calls? Like do, um, do, does suppression show up ever prior to EMS? Yeah, a lot yeah. of times, like, they'll beat us there. So oh, okay, it might be, good. like, by a couple minutes, you know, maybe, like, you know, a few minutes, um, and they'll be there first. So if we get there first, before then, we hit the 84, which 84 is our on-scene, and then they'll clear automatically, unless it's, like, a cardiac arrest or something. Oh, um, really? But for the most part, as soon as we hit on-scene, they go back to they go back to doing whatever whatever they do. Man, I'm going to have to start pulling that shot, Vince. <laughs> well, looks like they got it here. <laughs> yeah. You, and you can yeah. tell, like, you can see who was an EMT or a medic with us. Like, not everybody, like, really takes that to heart, but there are definitely some folks that when we get on the job, um, like, for instance, like Shane, this guy Shane, who's worked at our station, he's a firefighter at a station that's, like, close by us, so we do a lot of calls together. And if we get on the job, you know, they'll have given oxygen and he'll usually say like, he'll give you like a little rundown, like as if we're ALS coming to a BLS job. Like he'll say, yeah, she said she's been coughing for five days. Uh, her lung sounds seem clear. Like he'll kind of give you a little bit of a rundown because he was an EMT and like he's still kind of in that capacity as a first responder. But there's definitely guys who were medics and like you get on the scene and they act like they've never done patient care. I mean, Right. I don't even want to, like, there was an awful call that happened not that, well, maybe it was like a year ago, and um, the guy fell down a flight of stairs, and mm. he came in as an unconscious. I wasn't with Pete, and I couldn't get in there, because it was, like, such a tight spot, and CFR was in there, the firefighters, and I kind of was like, hey, what's going on? They are like, oh, he's okay. The family was doing CPR on him, and uh, but he had a pulse, so we said stop. I was like, Okay. And I'm like, so what's going on? Is he unconscious? They're like, yeah, he's unconscious. They're putting him on like a board. They're trying to get him out. When they got him out and they put him on my stretcher, I was like, oh, this guy's a hundred percent dead. And like, so my partner and I, we got him to the bus and I was like, start CPR. Like, this guy is not alive. And so we start like working him up and we took him to the hospital. Like we were already in the bus. So I didn't like call for anybody else. And it was just the two of us. So he did CPR and I drove like the five blocks to the hospital. But, um, the guy probably fell down the stairs and broke his neck. So he probably was in arrest the whole time. And his wife was doing CPR on him because she felt like he wasn't breathing. And I guess when she called dispatch, they told her to start CPR. When the firefighters got there, they felt a pulse, which is probably just a mechanical pulse from her doing CPR. And they told her to stop. They said, don't do it. Like, he's not dead. You know, like, uh, you know, medics will be here soon. But he was dead. And for like Mm -hmm. 10 minutes, while they were messing around with him on the scene this guy had no compressions being done so it was and one of the guys was a medic like I recognized him from being a medic and I didn't I thought about going and saying something to them after but like the way things are with us it's like I can We're go not gonna, we do something win. and then win. there'll be 10, 10 reports written by the guys in that firehouse that I didn't do my job or the medic on scene told them not to do CPR or whatever right. and I was like I'm just not gonna you know, I'm not going to like, why divide deeper? So, exactly. Yeah. But it was yep. a little unfortunate. I mean, the guy probably wouldn't have survived anyway. He broke his neck. He was like in bad shape, but yep. I just was sort of surprised that we had CFR and a guy who was a medic on the scene. And not one of them looked at this guy and was like, this guy's obviously dead, you know, like let's do CPR. Yeah. So I don't know. It was a little yep. surprising. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll, <laughs> 
outside of that, uh, what what is your rank structure for EMS in New York? So we have EMTs, and then we have paramedics, and then we have lieutenants, which we call them conditions officers, and then we have a captain who's our who's the head of our station, and then from that we have like deputy chief, assistant chief, division chief. And stuff like that. So it's like birds. They have like birds and stars, and yeah. So it's a test up to lieutenant, and I think a captain is still like a handshake nod kind of thing. But they're trying to make like captain an like, position. like a test. Yeah, yeah, like a test. Well, it's appointed now, well, so you have but to. But yeah, they want to make it a test a because test. what do you know, like there's been. Oh, I was just gonna say above. Uh, so EMT, paramedic, and then lieutenant. You said is the next. Position yeah. is a lieutenant yeah. in a buggy yeah. or yeah. is he, he yeah. working an ambulance? Yeah, we have two. No, we have two. So you have one lieutenant who sits in the in the station and for the station officer for the night, and then they have they have a partner, and that's the conditions officer. So they Who's ride in around the, in the car by themselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. and that I mean, like they really nice and move, they have to be a medic. Yeah, like you, you used to be able to be uh, an, a, EMT an EMT and be a lieutenant, but not anymore. You have to be a medic. And that's um, a tested position? I mean, yeah. Yeah. So when you two are working, Julie, when you and Pete are there, do you guys have a, a rank structure between the two of you since you're both paramedics? No, we fight it out. We fight it out. <laughs> well, yeah, um, I think, uh, I'm senior to Peter. So. I, the vibe <laughs> but, I was going to get was that too, Julie. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't know how old you are. Even shut up, jerk. Even even the way even the way she said Peter, you could tell you could tell who's running the show. Right. When she says Peter, you know he, he's in trouble. Yeah, I want her to drive with you. Yeah, when she talks to you and she drives, she slows down and looks at you. Because we'll never show anybody's job if she's got. That is kind of fair. Honestly, so. I like teching and I don't like driving. So when I work with Pete, um, especially because, like, if there's a good hot job, like, we want to get it. I know that I don't feel comfortable driving, Ripping around. you know, across the borough at night. Like, I'd rather just, like, let him do it. So we do the same thing every night. Like, most people switch it up. Some people drive one night and then they text the next. I always text and Pete always drives. But obviously on, like, a hot job, like, we're both texting in the back and we have, like, BLS. So there's no division the of there's no official division of labor. You guys can switch off and do whatever you want yep. with each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's there's so, definitely times where I kind of force him to write my paperwork because <laughs> so he goes available instantly, and I'm like, Peter, I have like three patient reports, like please. And so when I get to the point where I'm like, yeah, I have like five reports that I still have to write, I'm like, now you can write some, and like so he will take the reports and write them because I get yeah. frustrated. That, that's and that's angry kind of the him. that's kind of the checking him from making himself available all the time. <laughs> yeah. Are you yeah, guys, yeah. Are you guys yeah. still doing paperwork on physical paper, or do you guys have computers? No, I wish we still had paper though. <laughs> no, we have a tablet. Paper. Dang it! Yeah. How great was well, paper? We only have paper. I miss those, right? Yeah. You know. I miss them, but my carpal tunnel thanks me for not having to write yeah. those anymore. Yeah. I got to so. tell you, like right before I um, I became a fireman, we were moving towards the computer reports. Man, I had that paper thing down on science. I, yeah. I feel like I, I had yeah. half the report done by the time I got Well, to he the had half the report done yeah. before yeah. he even re- received the call. Oh, he yeah. had them all pre written. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I do, do really like seven or eight just to start the day. I'm like, well, if you get past this point, like it's. <laughs> <laughs> so in FDNY uh, EMS, you guys go to an academy when you get hired on? Who hires you? The yeah. city of New York? Yeah, so you're hired by yeah. the city. You take a civil service test. You to, it's not really a test. It's like an application. So you apply to DCAS. And then from DCAS, you put in that you have an EMT. Well, they hire you now without an EMT, but there's two separate lists. So you put in your experience, and then your experience gives you extra points on the list. And if you get hired, if you get picked off that list, then you go and do a physical agility which is like uh, stairs, some lifting, and then like this arm bike thing that's horrible. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> like you have to pedal a bike with your arms. Yeah, yeah. We, we had horrible. that back in the day too. Oh my God. That hurt. They changed they it still, to the P-pad. I don't even know if they still do that. Ah. Okay. All right. Yeah, and then, then you do like a background check, and they go all the way back. And, and then, from there, then you go to an academy, 
and our academy is in Queens at Fort Totten, which is an old, it was part of the Nike Missile Base Command for the, for the New York area. So they would have like the Nike missiles during the Cold War and stuff. So that, that was one of the bases there. And they used to test torpedoes there too. Um, yeah. So you go there for you're there for like three months and you do a whole EMT program and then you do some driving and then you go out and you do a couple ride alongs and stuff with on, on different units. Yeah. Like that. E- even if you're a medic, you go through the, the same EMT program. So yeah. they used to have what they called so was a top, which is training of personnel, and then they had P top, which is paramedic training of personnel. I don't think that they're doing outside paramedics anymore. So, cause they want you to, to be trained their way. So you, you obtain your paramedic license with them? No, I, I was already, Julie did it through the department. I was an outside medic, but I applied and I went through the whole EMT program as a medic. And then I had to wait. I went after station 19 in the Bronx and I got what they call a MUP, which is member upgrade paramedic. So I went back to the academy for like a month. And they trade me to their to their standards of you know how they do stuff, the protocols, and we had to do a state test and our Remax, which is a regional regional protocol just for the city of New York. So you take that and then they kick you out. And I've been at the same station for like eight nine years now, so same unit. Wow. So. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's funny it's, how it's like crazy, just the huh? little subtleties of kind of change the whole <laughs> game. You know, just just yeah. something as simple as not having to be a paramedic when you get hired is like, I mean, that's a, that's a totally different experience for your first couple of years coming in. Yeah. 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 But oh. you, but you don't do appreciate being a paramedic. You know what I mean? Sure. If you come in as a medic, you don't understand what the BLS goes through on a day-to-day basis. You know, and like right. you don't, there's certain nuances of being an EMT in that system that I would, I wholeheartedly enjoy. You know, I like, being an EMT. you know, they get all the blood and shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I like it, you know, and I appreciate being a medic even more. So then, and I know people who went through as as stuff, and they don't appreciate it as much, you know. Sure. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, so it's... you guys, your videos that you guys put out on your social media, and when we were talking, you guys kind of mentioned that you started with your social media following with your videos, and you kind of moved into your podcast. Um, your videos are super informative. But who who decide like where do you guys come up with that? And is that stuff that you guys learned um, like on the job? Did you learn that you know in some auxiliary class, or where do you guys come up with this stuff? Um, some of the stuff we have friends that give us ideas, and then other stuff like we do research, and then like we like we're always trying to get ideas from people. But it's like, yo, give me a trick, and they're like, oh, I don't know, bro, like I don't have anything. Well, I think it's really also, hard. It's a lot of just experience, like. I feel like, you know, before I worked with Pete, I had been a medic for a couple of years and then I went out um, on childcare leave and then I came back and Pete was like my, <laughs> my first partner. And I, oh, I you worked an IV out the first night, bro. I know. I was like, <laughs> yo, what am I going to do with this chick? I, I, I felt like a, a brand new medic. I was so like, it was so pathetic. And when I came to the return to duty, they put me that in with a, like a, a, a BLS. I know. I was with a BLS class, and I I had asked them when I was up at the academy. I was like, hey, um, you know, what happens now after this? Like, can I go to a medic class and sort of, like, hang out with them to get refreshed? And they were like, no. You know, you'll have your two-week refresher, and then you'll go back. And I was like, well, that sounds a little scary, because I was out for a few years. And... um when I came back, I did my little two week refresher and I was like, Oh my God, like it was totally nerve wracking. Cause the refresher is like mostly for you to pass the state exam, but like all the ins and outs of like, you know, doing an IV tubing, I hadn't done that in a few years. So I was like, Oh my God, like let's hope it's like riding a bike, you know, and I'll just get back on. Mm. And I was awful. And I, like, I remember I started an IV in the back of the ambulance and blood went everywhere. Cause I forgot how to like camp an odd and then, um, yeah, Pete got this crazy IV and like I stood up and like my boots just kicked it right out and like <laughs> it was awful. And I was like, I am not starting from the driver's seat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was pissed. And I was, I was like, I was like, I was a hard 
And it, it's funny because in the couple of years that I've worked with Pete, I actually feel like I've learned a lot more as a medic than I had known prior to this. Now, I'm going to also say like prior to this, I had undiagnosed ADHD and like I, I am now diagnosed and take medication. And so I think I'm a better medic in general because of that. But like I learned a lot from Pete because he's like the king of like figuring out the most efficient way of doing things. And so I felt like, oh, wow, like we have all these pointers that, you know, he, through his years of experience, like was, you know, showing me. And then oh, we would like ride with someone too. else. And- <laughs> I try, I know. <laughs> I know. But, but I felt like these are the things that we started putting onto the Instagram, like just little, little things that make your life a Subtleties. bit easier. Little, things yeah. that, you yeah. Know, yeah, like yeah. someone might teach you if you had like a mentor or if you worked on an ambulance with someone for a long time. And unfortunately for FDNY, we have a high turnover rate yeah. where firefighters make a lot more money. And so because it is a promotional exam, mm. we lose, we have lost like a thousand people a year, like to fire. And those are EMTs and medics that we're not going to get back. And all that experience goes away. So like the most experience people have is, you know, a couple of years. Like you have some of the quote unquote old timers like us who work at a station, but I'm like the third most senior person in my station. And I remember 12 years ago when I came to that station and there was a ton of like really great mentors there. So it goes quick. Like we lose a lot of people, we lose a lot of information. And so I think putting this in Instagram, but like maybe try it and see if it helps. um, That was kind of like the point of sort of, I don't know, making it like this is experience, this is like years of trial and error, this is like how people have tried to do things and like we yeah, put this up is, what this we is think your way works. of passing on now. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's the easiest way to do it. This episode of Chicago's Bravest Story is brought to you by Omnia Naturals. As you know, the job can be just as tough on us mentally as it is physically. Sleep issues, chronic pain, or injuries and high stress can cause long-term problems. That's why Omnia Naturals created Rescue One CBD. These guys are firefighters on the job. They've created a product from American-grown organic hemp and ensure their products have 0.000% THC. That's zero parts per billion of THC. Non-detectable levels of THC means Rescue One CBD is safe for the job. They're so confident in their product that they send you an at-home urinalysis so that you can see for yourself and that you won't test positive on a drug test. Every batch they create is lab tested to ensure purity and that there is 0.000% THC every time. Each bottle gets a scannable QR code where you can review their lab tests. They offer free three-day shipping anywhere in the U.S. And if you use the code BRAVEST, you'll receive 25% off of their products. Go to Omninaturals.com to get your bottle of Rescue One CBD that's safe for the job. All right. Well, the video I really liked, the video I really liked was when um, uh, Julie put an MPO in Pete. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, did oh, you ever get God. her back? Did you ever put one in her no. and get her back? Because no. th- that did not look comfortable it. at all. I, I think he's starting to like it. I don't know. I oh, you've done it to him again? Yeah. <laughs> no, I've yes. taken like four or five of them. Right? Yes. So the one video that we didn't put up, the girl, the one girl who did it, she's not even an EMT. And we're like, hey, we got to put this in. And she's like, who wants to do it? She's like, I'll do it. And she was like shaking. I wish we got the video. Her hands like shaking. I'm like, all right. You know? Yeah, she was in her EMT class, and we let yeah. her do it. Oh, God yeah. bless so, you guys. Uh, NPO? Yeah. yeah, the nasal pharyngeal. Oh, what's the O stand for? Oh, we call it M- Yeah, I'm going to NPA. NPA? Oh, Chicago. Okay. Airway? No, I think it was it's like not a Chicago, Chicago thing. NPO <laughs> 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 is the band I was listening to on the way here. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, it's been a little bit, but I, I but think it used I, to be. I think or, I know what it used doing. to be oral airway. OPA, OPA, Oh Jesus Christ! Just so you guys know, <laughs> Vince is the fire. real He's paramedic here. No, not even. <laughs> Vince is the real paramedic. Uh, so, um, so go on with those videos. Uh, do you guys mind giving us like a breakdown? What do, what's what's your guys? What's Rush the Bust about? 
rush the bus. So basically, it. we're just trying to get like like how we're talking now. Like we want to hear about you know like how you guys do it in Chicago. Like what's it like to work in Chicago? What's your days like? You know, some crazy jobs that you did. Um, well, I can tell you, we don't use MPAs. How you, got into this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, and then we want to share, you know, the, the tips and tricks that, that you learned on the street and then share with these newer kids. Because this is the way, like, these kids learn is, like, Instagram through YouTube. And they may be more receptive to learning this way. Because, like, we've also heard from a lot of senior people that these new kids don't want to hear anything. And they can't be taught anything. Right. So we're trying to figure out how okay, boomer. to share the knowledge. <laughs> I know. You know. I feel like that's a, so. that's like a, you know, I don't, I don't know that people don't want to learn. I mean, there's definitely people who, when you tell them something, they say, oh no, I know. And yeah, I get annoyed. Like, like, oh my God. No, you don't know. But, you know, um, you know, I always, uh, I always talk about, um, uh, about like with, uh, with like working with, with the newer guys or girls. And, um, it's, it's funny cause you, Again, I, I always say that the one thing our podcast is is we don't talk about oh what's leadership, but like the one thing I will say about it is that like when you when you get to that level of like you know like like we're all talking about like you're a little bit more senior, you're able to kind of give on, give on uh, to the newer people. Uh, you know, it does. A leader is not like you, this is how I do it. I'm really good at it. You do it this way. It's like to be yeah. a good leader, like you're, you got to get the best out of your guys and yep. the best out of your guys. Isn't like, this is how I do it. If you don't do it, you're out. Yep. Like you're, you're not, but there's a lot of those guys out yep. there. Right. You know, right. there are, there are. And that's the thing is like, listen, like we want you to look at our video and if you figure out something better or easier to do, yo, come tell us. Yeah. Let's talk you about know what I'm it. Saying? That we definitely, Yo, we're, we're open to anything. Like, you, if you have an idea, the dumbest little thing, like we're in Detroit and the guys are like, yo, you stuff their hands in the back of their pants and they can't come out. I'm like, yo, that is dope. <laughs> I know. I'm like, that is, why did I think of this? Stuff you know their I mean? hands in the back of their pants? Well, like, yeah. Kind of you, and I'm have, uh, so they don't you know, flop, like so the arms don't flop around yeah. so you can yeah. convey yeah. them easier? I'll give that a try. Yeah, I'm going to do that to Corey right now. Yeah. yeah. No, back of <laughs> the pants. Oh, your back back of the pants. Your pants. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the back of your friend's pants. Oh. <laughs> that's a different, yeah, that's a different move. Always, okay. yeah. Yeah. It's probably well, got to be the response. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to ask you guys from New York is, when 9-11 happened, I, I always thought that there was somebody that there was like a EMT student or a paramedic student or somebody who was just doing ride time and the towers came down. Have you guys any, you know, we've all heard the firefighter stories. We're all very familiar with them, but are there any like really like genuine, interesting yes. stories Our from 9-11 on the EMS side? Our captain has an amazing story. Um, Will she, we got her to tell us once. I don't know if she would tell it again, but basically, so what we heard is that when it happened, everybody, if you were on a job, they canceled your job. So like, it doesn't matter what you're on, you drop your patient and you go to the towers. That's apparently what happened. Um, and everybody, if you were in the city, you went. My unit, when I was in the Bronx, 980, they left their patient and they were driving down to the World Trade Center from the Bronx and they... Some cops apparently tried to carjack them and take their ambulance at gunpoint on the West Side Highway. And they said, hey, well, why don't you just jump in with us? So there's... Well, he was trying to make his way to the towers and he was going to yeah, take that ambulance? He, pretty much. Okay. And they said, all right, well, why don't you just jump in? So they took him down there and they ran out of gas as they pulled up to the towers. Get the fuck oh, out God. of here. Jesus And then, then their truck got smashed. That's why um, you can get a, a disciplinary action if you don't have your your unit filled up because of 9-11 there were people i think who ran out of fuel like yeah. the only time i got like a, a command discipline ever when i was bls is because i didn't refill or refuel my ambulance and it was it was one of those things where i had tried to and like i was waiting at the pump i was waiting at the hospital for a long time and my unit was out of service like the next unit had to run so we ended up going back to the station and then that unit was like oh we don't have fuel so i got like a a CD is what it's called, yeah. like a charge. But um, oh, at the end of every, of, like, you guys are saying at the end of every single tour, you have to fill up. 
Yeah, yeah okay. you're supposed yep. to. You're supposed but to. Sure, the way sure. it was explained at the time, my captain was like, because of like 9-11, I guess there were ambulances that kind of made their way down there, Run but didn't fuse. fuel up before. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, with good intentions, obviously they went down there to help, but like then you can't transport anybody and you can't get yeah. your ambulance out of that area because you don't have fuel. You know, so um, it was like not really well thought out, but obviously that was an awful yeah. time. Who, and who in the fuck is this cop? You guys have cops in York that just take car. Was it like an Eddie Murphy movie? <laughs> I didn't know that yeah. cops <laughs> actually did that. Like they were like, oh, yeah. pull over, give me your car. Like it was, we'll, yeah, you actually got to say, I need to commandeer your vehicle. Yeah, I know. Right. I'm like, what so, a weird. That, cop, that time though. was crazy, bro. Like they did. That was like John Wayne shit. So like the stories. You know, that she, like, if we told you the story, it would do no justice compared yeah. to the way that she told it. Um, but, you know, basically, I'll give you, like, the just, like, she got split up from her partner, and they had, like, a bunch of people in the back of their ambulance, and she got out to ask somebody which hospital they should go to, because she was from Brooklyn. And when she got out, the towers came down, and her, she got separated from her partner, and that ambulance got crushed, and she ended up somewhere else. And they thought she was dead. And, and she, she thought, thought her, her partner, partner was, was dead. dead. So and when her luckily, partner had gotten out, all these people out. So, yeah, but I mean, the way she tells it is so much, you know. Oh, my God. That's, that's just one of the stories. And there's not a lot of people left anymore. You know, or people just don't want to talk about it, you right. know. Right. Or yeah. unfortunately, so, they've passed. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So what, what um, there's, there's tons of fire stories. Like you said, there's tons of fire stories. Right. But nobody, you know, asks, you know, EMS and stuff. So... Yeah. yeah, it's wild. So, but I was working during 9-11. I was actually working in New Jersey, and I watched my friend's mom call me. She said, they hit the, the plane in the towers. And where I was working, they said, everybody come back. We're going to fill up the ambulances, and we're going to go to Jersey City. So everybody went to Jersey City, and you just sat there. And, like, no patients came, you know? Huh. So, yeah. So they, they never utilized work. you guys then during that, huh? No, no. Like, the Jersey City Medical Center guys, they got you. And they, they did some, like, rehab and stuff like that. But everybody from, like, the tertiary areas, you really, you really didn't do much. Wow. So you kind of just sat there, and they waited for patients, but no patients really came over. So, But since then, New Jersey has um, grown their MCI system. So now they have, like, a whole MAV bus thing and EMS task force and stuff, which is all from that. So, wow. Um yeah. Well, uh, you know what? I, I got a question I ask everybody. Hey, you guys have sure. ever listened to our show before, have you? I have. Oh. Yeah, I, have, I have now, yeah. Oh, so maybe you know what's so coming. So now we have five listeners. Corey's aunts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Pete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. We, we maybe get, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, so one of the things I like to ask everybody on, uh, on, on our show is, uh, is about, like, fire station or firehouse or EMS houses uh, pranks. Uh, you guys got any good ones you can share with us? Or? Uh, we actually prank each other a lot. Um, <laughs> we have water I mean, gun fights. We have water gun nice. fights, which is not yeah. ideal for me. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I don't know. Like, Are you the one getting so fucked with the most? I, well, I think because there's some days where they know I'm not in the mood. And like Pete <laughs> has told the BLS guys, like, yeah, Julie's like kind of cranky. So well, you showed like weakness, Julie. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah. You showed no, weakness. Yeah, I'll tell you, but, don't yeah. ever tell me that you're having a bad day. Because I'm <laughs> yeah. like, oh, good. Now I know where, where yeah. I'm pointing well, the gun. Now I'm going to get her. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, we carry it around in our vehicle and we'll, like, spray each other, like, out the windows and whatever. But, like, we do a lot of stuff to each other. Like, we recently locked our lieutenant in his office because he was ignoring us. He was, like, on yeah. a, probably on an important yeah. phone call, but he wasn't paying attention to us. So we, like, we put nine buckled. foot straps. Yeah, we put nine foot straps on his thing, and, like, and we so that he couldn't actually so open the door. Um, <laughs> we tried to prank our our one lieutenant Nancy. Like we oh. had this mannequin. That no, no, no. This no. This was even better. So one. So somebody we used to work with. She started this um, uh, like a life coach thing, but she also did pole dancing. Oh my god! Right? Life so I decided I'm going to call dancing. people. So it's just yeah. a combo. Yeah, Interesting combo. It's like women empowerment. It's like women yeah. empowering. So I started calling people. I'm like, oh, hey, you know, um, I'm giving away this free pole dancing lessons at this place. I was like really good. I don't know how I didn't last. So I got like three or four people. And a few people got so pissed off at her that they had that she had people calling. Like, 
they called her and were like cursing her out about how did you have them call with me? So yeah, that was like one of my better ones. <laughs> I know that yeah. was, but I felt bad. I, Pete, I thought maybe you were going to say like you showed up to the class. <laughs> no, like, like with like no. with a real yeah. real form fitting outfit. Yeah. Like all right, mm-hmm. I paid. I, 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 you know, I, 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 I paid. I want a beauty pageant one. <laughs> oh yeah, I want a nice. beauty pageant one. Yeah, <laughs> yep. At the Knights of Columbus. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, they didn't invite me back. So you know, uh-huh. I'm pictures of beer and dancing on I'll, table. I'll tell you when the Knights of Columbus so. don't invite you back. That's uh, <laughs> do you guys do you guys cook in do you guys cook in your station? Do you guys uh, cook as a crew? Uh, we tried to. We could do Sunday dinner. Yeah. We work on Sundays than we do any other night of the weekend, which for whatever reason. Yeah. So. I, I mean, we like to cook. It's just, unfortunately, we don't always have the time to be busy. So, yeah, yeah there was a while where we were trying to do it. And actually, like, there was one weekend where um, we, we had, like, a, a slap on the wrist because we had, like, an incident. We may or may of, not have not checked our narcotics for, like, four days. <laughs> and so but, you we, know I we realized we were missing yeah, no we didn't we <laughs> there, was a, there was a missing morphine and it eventually turned up it was like yeah. a crew prior to us had forgotten to like put it back in the bag but we forgot to check and then the next crew forgot to check and then we forgot to check again anyway long story short we got restricted and like we got restricted for an entire weekend so we still came to work, but like we came to work and we just like had a feast. You know what I mean? Like every day, <laughs> Pete and I like you know made this ridiculous ten course meal and like you know we made pies and all this stuff. Yeah. But uh, but that's not the usual. Yeah. I mean, we have a kitchen and people do you know bring in stuff sometimes and like people bake on their own time and bring it in. But yeah. um, it's just a little hard to yeah. cook because we don't really have the. Time. Where do you guys hold? This is completely off topic. Where do you guys carry your narcotics in your truck? We do. Um, the The people who work downtown will keep it in their bag because they have okay. to go up, you know, to the high rises and stuff. But oh, for wow. most of us, are for most of us, we keep it uh, in a lockbox in the ambulance. Okay, all right. Because we carry ours on our purses. Yeah, oh, really? we have a we little like fanny pack. Yeah, we have like <laughs> fanny packs. Really? That we each carry each set of narcotics on our person. Well, we just talked. So, we just talked about that in the last podcast we recorded. Um, when we do uh, uh, for the guys who are on the bike team, we we okay. carry our narcotics on us, and it's only like on our person, only because we'll forget it in the bag when we when we leave for okay. the day. <laughs> we'll leave it in the yeah. bag. So if it's on our if it's yeah. on our person, we're more than likely to remember because we we keep it in this pouch. Yeah. And, um, I'll tell yeah. you, I would love to carry around a fanny pack with narcotics in it. <laughs> just day to day. Just kind of. <laughs> yeah. I'll send you, I'll send you a picture of it. It's not, you know, like when I first started carrying, I was like, this is dumb. Oh, it's a and department now, issue I, fanny pack? Yeah. That's yeah. a regulation that you mm-hmm. have to wear a fanny pack? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Does it have a, does it have your, uh, your patch on there? Is it, is it a official? It does. FDA? It does. It does. Like, I love, and it also says, like, if found, please, you know, call. I'm like, if anyone sure, found this, I sure they will. They you got, you guys need to get me this. one of those fanny packs. I'll trade you for whatever you want, but you have to get me one of those fanny packs. I know. We, we might With be the narcotics. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it'll come fully loaded. Yeah, but, uh, probably yeah. can't do that. Um, wow. Yeah. See, and you know what? If you got that to be implemented here, Vince, You'd be back in style, pal. You all of a yeah. sudden, all of a sudden, look yeah. at me. I'm the cool guy. <laughs> I got Honestly, get... no. I'll, I'll tell you, like when you need it, it's so much nicer. Like I've worked in systems where you had to go back to the truck to get it from from the vault, and it's only like right there. So yeah, I, I got to imagine. It and start, yeah. you know, getting yeah. it out. Like, well, like I you mean, guys were saying, with honestly, the little... by the time you go out and come back, the person's seizure is probably done anyway. You know. <laughs> Like, I mean, so if you wait long enough, it'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> One way or another. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> you know? It will always stop. <laughs> yeah, it always eventually <laughs> will stop. Yeah. You know. Well, so. give, uh, for people who are listening to our podcast, um, give people the, like, where they can find your podcast and give them the link to your, or the name of your social media stuff so that people who are listening here, if they want to check out what the guys from New York are doing, um, give them that information. Sure. Um, you can find us on like iTunes and SoundCloud at Rush the Bus. Rush and the Bus. On, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. That, that's uh, that's an actual code? Yet. That's an actual code yeah. out that, there? Yes. Yeah. Actually, it's funny because for a shooting, you'll hear them. Like, you're, if you're listening to TV radio, they'll say, all right, we got one likely, which means, like, they're, they're gonna likely stick. to die. They're, they've got, like, mortal injury. And they say, like, we got, you know, one likely, rush the bus, rush the bus. Like, you'll hear yeah. it on the radio. So that's yep. kind of where it came from. Even in our text huh. on our screen, they'll yeah. give what the PD said and it'll say, like, rush the bus. Guess what I'm yeah. using because... on the radio next day, Corey? <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. Rush the yeah. bus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But, uh, it's a lot cooler than saying expedite. Expedite's such a... Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. It cool. sounds more fun. Like, and, yeah. um, and also you can find us on Instagram at rush underscore the underscore bus. Um, awesome. but rush the bus. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Pete, can you give, can you say rush the bus in your heaviest heavy made accent. up heavy New York accent? accent? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let's see. Uh, what, what is it? Yeah, uh, rush the bus. Yeah, rush, <laughs> the, bus. Like, good. rush the bus. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Julie, yeah. you got to work on your New York accent. You are slacking in your accent. She, she could like a Midwest accent. Yeah. I know. Everybody Julie, I thought you were from Elmhurst. <laughs> 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 Funny. I am from Elmhurst, but Elmhurst in Queens. Um, oh, you know weird, what? but um, I was just talking uh-huh. about this. There's all these towns over in my. I'm a uh, I'm a, a fireman in the suburb of uh, suburb right next to Chicago, and um, all of the towns by us, they've got like counterparts. I think they're all in New Jersey. I think they're all in the in the same neighborhood too like there we've got that's like funny. a sister neighborhood that's like there's like a maywood i think those are melrose park mm-hmm. or franklin park they're all yep. new jersey yep. towns <laughs> and uh, yep. we actually had our um our town was uh um when we get off the air i'll tell you but when, when okay. uh, our town is building a um a truck or just got done building a truck and its counterpart from new jersey were both at pierce um, both of, you know, oh, our, wow. our mm-hmm. Illinois one and the, uh, huh. New Jersey one were right, right next to each other getting built in at, uh, Pierce over there, which is, uh, again, was I nicer? Was yours or theirs? Oh, I mean, was know. theirs nicer? Well, they, we uh, have it definitely wasn't so nicer. Wow. Like, oh, right. Yeah. Cause we have fire yeah. districts over here and the amount of money that they have is out there. Really? Amazing. Well, we're going to start a new oh, yeah. podcast called rush the truck. Yeah. The less yeah. the less rich New Jersey counterpart. Yeah. yeah. We don't and if you go to Long Island, like Long Island's even crazier. But like the volunteer chief of one one friend's firehouse, the head chief picks his car and like whatever you want, it has to be on a heavy platform, but you can put whatever you want on it. And that's your car for the duration of you being chief. And then it goes down and then the next guy picks a whole new car. So Jesus. A lot of disposable income. Man, mm-hmm. gotta get some of that. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of repetition. So, but yeah. If they would have, if they would have made ours a hand crank, they would. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Built on a Model A platform. Jesus. Yep. Um, awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you guys reaching yeah. out to us, or uh, us all reaching out together. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we you. definitely have more questions about Chicago because you guys, you know. Yeah, well, we'll yeah. Next time, I definitely. We talked about before. We definitely want to. Uh, we definitely want to want to talk some more with you guys over there. And um, we definitely. Uh, I mean, I've been. I've. You ever been in New York, Vince? Yeah. 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 I never been. Never so, ever in your entire oh, life. Never yeah. ever. I definitely got to check it out one of these days. So maybe we'll yeah. take a trip out there. That trip is definitely in order. I, I don't know if there's. I know. It, it, it doesn't I sound like there's Chicago, room in Pete's house. So. But. <laughs> there's plenty of room. Yeah. My kids just talk too much. Oh. No such so. thing. No such thing. Someday you'll miss that, Pete. I know. I know. But, it's but not today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, Girl. thank you guys so much for being on. Yeah. Um, Rush Thanks the Bus. Check it out on Instagram. Their podcast is available on spotify and soundcloud and SoundCloud uh, and itunes yeah, uh, itunes itunes itunes, yep. iTunes yeah. and yep. soundcloud all right that's yep. ours Pete doesn't and sound Julie. as good as yours yet though oh well so. this is a click of a we're button buddy <laughs> <laughs> just a we're click of a button well thanks again yep. you guys keep up the good work out there thanks, uh let's do this again and um collect some more stories and Pete, keep uh wrapping people up and uh I think the next video I want to see on Instagram is you putting out one of those uh, nose things in her uh, 
nose and uh, I know. gagging as hard uh, as you did, I, Pete. I told him. <laughs> he was I gagging so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually willing to do an I.O. I, I was like, I'm doing I.O. in my leg. Like, but uh, yep. we're oh, still yeah. trying to figure out how to do that. So. Yep. Get, get her, Pete. Yeah. Get her. And uh, when that's <laughs> out, when you mm-hmm. when it, when you actually do the IO, let us know because we will put that up on our Facebook page. All right. Yes, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're trying uh, to get out of the legalness of it. First. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, it's her body, right? Uh-huh. I mean, aren't there laws? Against you can't it? say that. <laughs> you <laughs> definitely can't say that. <laughs> well, thanks again, you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Take care. Be all safe. Right. All right. Bye bye. We want to thank our sponsor, BenderLift. BenderLift is a patient lift device that buckles handles around the patient's torso so firefighters can safely lift patients of any size with ease. The most injury-prone non-fire ground activity a firefighter does is lift a patient. If you're lifting heavy patients, and let's be honest, all of us are, then you're going to want to check out the BenderLift so you can avoid getting injured from lifting a patient. Vince, have you ever lifted up a heavy patient or any patient at all? Um, I've blown my back out so many times lifting heavy patients. I can't count the number of times. So something like Binder Lift is a pretty awesome product, especially if it's going to save me from uh, having to lay up from the job or go to medical or just work the rest of my day in pain. Absolutely. And they'll, they'll let anyone try it out for free. Doesn't matter what your role is within the department. Just sign up for a free field trial on their website and they'll send you a set of bender lifts to try out for a month or so. Absolutely free. We use them in our department and I recommend you give them a try. Just Google bender lift to watch some videos and sign up for a free trial. Bender lift. They, the new slogan should be bender lift. Save your back. <laughs> Save your back. The opinions and views are that of Chicago's Bravest Stories podcast and their guests. They do not necessarily reflect the views of any municipal governments, fire protection districts, fire departments, EMS, or law enforcement organizations.